I am Domenico Laporta, and you are listening to the third season of the co-production podcast brought to you by Cineropa and Eurimage. In today's episode, we are discussing the co-production of Motherland, a documentary co-directed by Anna Batiaka and Alexander Mihalovic. Motherland debuted at the latest edition of CPH Talks, where it won the main award. And to speak about this collaboration between Sweden, Ukraine, and Norway, we have the pleasure to welcome the three co-producers of the film with us today. May I ask you to introduce yourselves and your production company, starting with you, Mario. You are representing Sisyphos Film Production in Sweden. Yeah. Hello. Uh, happy to be here today uh, to talk about Motherland and about this collaboration. Um, I'm a producer at uh, Sisyphos Film Production, uh, the Swedish co-producer in, in this collaboration, and we have acted as the main producer. And um, yeah, we are based in, as I mentioned, in Sweden, in Stockholm. We have a sister company also in Scotland. We mainly do documentary films and uh, co-produce with many different regions, uh, mostly in Europe, but also in other places of the world. And Motherland is our fifth documentary. Thank you, Mario. Also with us today, we have Alexander. Alexander, you're based in uh, Ukraine with your company, Voka Films, and you're also the co-director uh, of the film. Welcome. Hello, uh, my name is Alexander Mikhailkovich, and uh, I'm co-director and co-producer of the movie Motherland. Probably it will be interesting to mention uh, the structure, how we started in the beginning. Uh, so uh, basically we were acting in Belarus as unregistered company for safety reasons and uh, because it's wasn't it wasn't possible to get any fundings in Belarus because of censorship and because for other different reasons and uh, basically we have a had a, have a company in Ukraine uh, called Voka Films uh, and uh, yeah we joined it uh, with this film uh, co-production of this movie also with us today, we have Anita. Anita, you are based in Norway with uh, your uh, company for film. Hi, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we're based in Bergen on the west coast of Norway. Um, and we produce primarily creative documentaries and animation. And we do a lot of international co-productions. And actually, this is our third co-production with Sisyphos. Thank you. Uh, Alexander, maybe you can uh, summarize the, the, the topic of the documentary. Uh, the topic of documentary, the documentary is actually uh, talking about a system of violence, which is common for many post-Soviet countries, which is having roots in the having roots in the army, uh, because in many countries it's compulsory military service, and may, and most of the men should go through this uh, through the military system, and uh, one of the Let's say uh, thesis of the movie that uh, our thesis or our thesis that uh, this uh, this army system is um, used by a totalitarian or authoritarian governments to support itself. So it, basically, it's a sto- it's uh, consists of few stories: the story of a mother who lost her son in the army and who is seeking for justice, justice, and a group of. Uh, young uh, guys who are exploring, let's call it, rave scene, and one of them is going to the army. 
And through the movie, these two lines are more wide story of the society in Belarus. Mario, were you familiar with the work of uh, Alexander and Anna uh, before? Um, and how did you get involved in the project? Motherland is Hannah's first work, but I knew that Alexander had made a previous film, My Grandma from Mars. But we met the first time during Doc Leipzig in 2019, where um, Alexander was presenting the project. It was a very different project back then, but um, I was really captured by the amazing cinematography that was uh, already, I mean, established in in those first scenes and first uh, filming sessions we, um, that he presented. So a couple of months after that, we met again at IDFA and we talked more and we realized that, okay, we want to work together. We found a structure that we thought we could finance the film in. We were still really trying to understand how we could co-produced and what the terms were, et cetera, et cetera. And by then the rules in Sweden were kind of slightly different than what they are now. So we, there wasn't this um, rule that the director has to be Swedish as it is now. So it was much more open. If the production company is Swedish, we could decide for ourselves a little bit more on what's the best way to spend the money and where in order to make the best project possible. So for many years, we, I mean, for these three or four years, we have been focusing on rather than promoting a director, we promote an idea that we believe is important to reach out to an audience with. And that has been our core way of doing it. And um, yeah, now this has changed a little bit. So we are looking now on how to, be able to continue to work with international talents and international directors, but still telling important stories, but yeah, in different ways. So, I mean, we started there in 2019, then it was, I think Alexander can tell this better, but it has been a very complicated journey to finish the film. First, we had these um, happenings in Belarus with elections. Then... Alexander and Hannah had to flee to Ukraine. We started editing in Ukraine. The war broke out. Luckily, we also had... So Alexander and Hannah had to leave again for Poland and Denmark and then Poland. And so it's been kind of a journey around Europe just to find a place where we can edit. So it has been really also helpful then with all these unstable uh, conditions to have Anita and the Norwegian side who could provide us with a safe... Um, part where we could kind of finish the film in good hands with both sound and grading and kind of um, make sure it's it got the sound that it um, was that the film uh, needed so, uh, Anita you you were involved you you got involved in the project on a laterish stage or were you aware of the project or following the project before that yeah, I mean, Myra told me about, I'm trying to remember, Myra, when you told me about the project the first time. I think it was during our previous co-production, no? That you first reached out to me with it. Yeah, it must have been in, in 21 sometimes, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we'd worked together on two projects by then. So Mario knows my tastes, so he brought the project to me. And of course, I was struck by the importance of the topic, but more important, but also how beautiful the project was. So 
And Alexander, how did the situation, all those um, difficulties that you had to, to change country uh, to, to avoid danger, um, how did that impact the project? Was the project morphed around those events or uh, did you have like a clear idea in mind from the beginning? I mean, Mario mentioned that the project was very different by then, but we, we tried to understand how it evolved. I, I can say that we had, um, since the beginning, we had the clear idea and it probably it was more visible in written form. It was better stated in written form than in uh, visual material which we had. I think it's interesting also for you to tell about the, uh, more widely about the situation in Belarus because uh, already having experience uh, with the previous project and with this situation without working without fundings, uh, I decided to have such strategy that um, we were acting as unregistered in Belarus, uh, unregistered company. And the aim was to um, find some financing from uh, such funds like Itfaberta Fund or Sundance Documentary Fund or something like that, which I'm calling a lottery fund because like thousands of people are applying and only 10 or 15 projects get in this uh, once per, or twice per year. So in half a year of our work, we got we got uh, support from the Itfaberta Fund, and I think it's uh, in a way gave a quality stamp to the project. Uh, so after that, we started to receive some in more interest from the market, from the documentary market. Yeah, and Mar as, as Mario mentioned, we met him. So also we were, you know, it's uh, working in such conditions. We are were having a lot of measures of security because it's such kind of project, you know, of course our state wouldn't like it. So we were uh, decrypting our materials using VPNs, uh, hiding hard drives. And also we were trying not to be present publicly on the, um, publicly, I mean online, on the pitching forums. Or sometimes we also canceled participation in one pitching forum as it was Baltic Sea Dogs, for example. Because it's in our region and we cannot control people who can gain access to the project and who, because it, if government would know about the project, they will just stop the process of shooting, uh, they will can affect the protagonists, all these things. So as Maria mentioned in the beginning, later we meet each other uh, on Doc Leipzig. We understood that, uh, yeah, and later we saw Mario's uh, first movie on the uh, same birds on the ITFA and we liked the, the, the movie. So that's how uh, collaboration started. As Mario mentioned, we moved first to Ukraine and, you know, we when we were moving, we were moving kind of for editing, but this time I already kind of saw some surveillance going f uh, for me next to my house. It was uh, maybe one, I flew one day before, I, fly, I had a flight to Kyiv one day before uh, this accident, this airplane, and when, uh, you remember, when Lukashenko landed uh, a plane and when airspace was closed uh, in Belarus, all, all connections. So... In Ukraine, we were working with a great Ukrainian professionals, and uh, I think they put big impact into the project. Uh, I mean, editing, and yeah, later, uh, you know, this. Um, of course, this changing places and changing countries. Uh, it's uh, not giving your 
a lot of inspiration because, you know, it's always you're searching where to live or how to legalize or all this stuff. But finally, uh, we ended up with a movie and we are happy with that. Can you tell us a little bit more about your collaboration with Anna or how are you working uh, together? Is there like a task dividing between you two or uh, do you work on everything as a, as a duo? My previous project was uh, connected to uh, Crimea, to occupation of Crimea. It was called Migrating from Mars. And already from this project, I started to have a lot of uh, also things, uh, kind of paranoia, let's call it like that, when you're coming, cleaning your phone, trying to hide on the pitchings. So on this project, when I was starting it, I didn't want to uh, these things affect the visual material because on previous projects many good scenes wasn't shot because I was stopping the DOP because of possible uh, consequences and that's why I invited Hannah to the project I knew her from the uh, previous uh, short collaboration she was working as journalist she was covering a case when the albums with my army photos was considered extremist by KGB and destroyed in fire. And we started collaborating in kind of natural way. Um, let's say maybe I was more into some administrative, like logistical things. And um, she had she was using her journalistic contacts to search protagonists on mother sites. Till the end of the project, this was kind of uh, synergy. And uh, Mario, when you are involved with a project uh, that has such an in- unstable context, um, what, what is the discussion with the funding bodies? I mean, how do you update them? Uh, do you talk to them? Because there's also, when they invest that money, there's also insecurity on their part. And I guess they want to get informed. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have been throughout the whole um, process, we've been really transparent about what's going on and what's happening. And I think that's the only way where we can also build this mutual trust. In Sweden, we also have the funding don't come as a production funding and then it's done because you get it more in chunks, like first, second and third development before you move into actual production. So we have time to build up a trust for the project and also between the directors and the um, commissioning editors and also to prove that we kind of move forward with the project. And we didn't mention the the budget of the project, uh, total budget or the estimated budget for the project. I have 50,000, yeah. So maybe, Alexander, you can tell us what what kind of funding did you have access to in Ukraine for this specific project? It's uh, always um, acting in such uh, circumstances, like uh, being... uh, uh, w- working in Belarus and being half Belarusian, half Ukrainian and working on this Belarusian topic it's, and as I mentioned already, not having direct support from the country we were searching for this uh, documentary classical funds, like It for Berta fund, so we applied for first we applied for It for Berta uh, development fund I think, when we just started project but we were shortlisted but didn't get it Later, we got it for better production fund already after half a year of the starting pro- pro- production process of the project. And uh, also we got some uh, support from this uh, uh, Sweden-based organization called like B2B Doc. 
I guess you heard about this. So they were uh, on board of the project since the beginning, and they were super helpful with um, covering participation in um, workshops uh, like Exoriente, Doc Incubator. So they're basically covering accommodation and travel expenses, which are kind of big amounts of money. Um, yeah, later also we got <laughs> what was interesting. Uh, we got money from uh, German Marshall Fund for Belarus democracy, which is not totally not connected to the uh, cinema and you know how the application and budget and everything is uh, totally totally different and uh, probably it's uh, for the different type of the projects more like for organizations or some events or something like this so we're struggling adopting uh, our uh, budget and application to it and also some non-profits funds like IMS IMS fund, international media support, not big amount of money, and DOCSAP fund provided by Alex Shalat. Also, we were trying to apply to Ukrainian uh, state film agency fund twice. And um, Light Dogs is selling the film abroad. Uh, you you got the sales engine involved uh, during the production uh, production stage, or was it after the film started in, uh, to be presented in festivals? Uh, it was uh, already. I mean, it was before before um, the premiere. So we uh, we worked with uh, Lightox on their previous film, and we're really happy with the collaboration and with them. And um, since we also knew the complexity of things, it felt kind of safe and secure to work with a partner we already knew in that sense. So we could focus on other things than trying to get to know each other. And uh, yeah, we we are still super happy with our work and devotion to the projects we we collaborate on. And I have a last question about that. It might seem hard to ask that, but uh, we've seen this happening. So it's for you, Mario and Anita. Uh, when producers are involved with so-called difficult projects, like uh, projects that are difficult to assemble with a lot of uh, contingencies and, and situations like uh, those that were uh, happening on this one, um, are you approached by co-producers with such projects um, uh, after that? Uh, are you attracting these kinds of projects or are you seeking those projects uh, actively yourself? I can't ask for Mario, but I'm definitely uh, being approached with a lot of um, projects, um, similar themes, although I'm not actively seeking them out. Mario? No, I'm totally not actively seeking them out. I'm actively seeking for projects that are special and that has a cinematic storytelling vision and with uh, hopefully an idea or of course it's interesting when something is difficult but that's not the main reason to find projects and so on and yes people has have been i mean in sweden for example i'm known oh you're the person who make all these russian movies because they everything on on that side it doesn't matter if it's belarus moldova or if it is ukraine it's like everything is, has been the same and that's not true so i'm kind of also actively not taking projects from that region for a couple of years that is a project that is totally based on sound and you tell 
an emotion with sound and an experience of war through sound and it's not connected to war in that sense so it has to have for me it's more important like you have to have an artistic intention to tell a story to communicate a feeling and that's it and then it doesn't matter uh, yeah no no it's a good answer but for you alexander i guess it's also reassuring we're talking about trust here to be involved with producers that have such an experience that have faced uh, also these kind of difficulties uh, because we know it's already difficult to produce a film, but when uh, you, you've met uh, uh, these kind of events and you're already experiencing that, in that, is it something that is reassuring for you? I think uh, for me it's hard to say uh, because uh, you know we were so much focused on the project, uh, so much into it. We were uh, searching uh, for trustable partner and whom we see that. Uh, we can trust and uh, we see previous works which we like i think it was uh, um, our our parameters which we were using for choosing and uh, yeah because as mario mentioned you know a lot of things are changed were changing and it was situations and probably the situation are still going on that you know we just was somewhere like away with our our uh, staff with our work and uh, at this point uh, Mario and uh, Anita were taking in their hands and moving the process forward thanks them for that from our perspective it's like when we started the film it was of course it was a delicate matter we were diving into but it was not threat life threatening in that sense uh, at first place um, then things changed a lot. And of course, it was the first time for me as well as a producer to end up in a situation where it's like, okay, should we convene, should we stop filming? Should we, how should we approach this? Go through all these kind of security measures, um, starting to start talking to people who has been through similar experiences with, with other productions. And for us, I mean, we were also, we had COVID going on uh, at the same time, almost for one and a half, two years. So it's like we couldn't travel. So uh, sometimes it felt, I mean, I felt really helpless. And, and it's like, how can we provide, so we can just talk with the, the guys who were kind of in the middle. I mean, Alexander and Hannah, who was really literally in the shit when it's happening. It's like trying to stay sane. It's like, okay, how can we support? Where can we send discs? How do we transport money? How do we even transfer money? It doesn't even work. How do we do with the cash flow? How, okay, it's this war region. It's like, okay, the discs, we had to leave them because we only can carry backpacks. So it's a lot of these things that you can't anticipate. And of course, it helps to have in the ground, in the basic, it has to be this kind of, okay, the trust, but also to try to understand how how to help as much as possible. That's a great conclusion. Um, also, congratulations, because I, I've watched Motherland, and, it, and it's a great film. I urge everyone who is listening to, to also watch it and to track the film uh, in a festival uh, near you, or uh, if it's released in your country, please go watch it. It's already time to conclude this conversation. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, feel free to subscribe to the co-production podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, or whatever your favorite podcast platform may be. I want to thank Creative Europe for supporting 
including Cinerope over the years, and of course, Grimage for backing up the film, of course, but also this program for the third season in a row. And uh, Mario, uh, Alexander, and Anita, thank you very much for accepting to be the guests of the co-production podcast today. It was a real pleasure to to discuss uh, the film with you. Uh, please, dear co-producers, keep making films together for us to discover. Thank you. Bye-bye.